We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, everybody. Welcome in. It is Thursday morning, the 11th of May, and it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always on these morning shows, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how are you doing? What's new? What's shaking? I'm doing good. Just a gorgeous spring here in the South and, uh, you know, schedule release day for those of you that partake. Uh, <laughs> which we will, you know, some interesting matchups. I saw the slime game and uh, the other other ones coming out. The first Monday night football game. Are we mm-hmm. shocked to see Aaron Rodgers? I told you, I'm, I'm telling you, he's number two on the list. Yeah. Uh, on Q rating. It's still Aaron Rodgers is number two. And the opener with the Lions at Chiefs. So have the Lions arrived and what's going on there? That's pretty uh, good for them. Uh, definitely pulling for them week one at Arrowhead. A tough game, but. Hey man, that's why you play the game, right? You never know. That's but right. uh, let's let's say hello to some people in here as the uh, schedule is coming, starting to be released slowly, and we're going to talk a little bit of Jacob Martin today. And any questions you have, it'll probably be it's the off season, so we'll probably do a shorter show unless you guys are killing it with the super chats and uh, the comment section is live. We we can go up to an hour, but uh, this time of year we typically keep it a little bit shorter. So we got our guy Gatorade Gaming coming in, saying good morning, Broncos country. What's good, Nick and Scott? Hashtag Buck you. Buck you too. We appreciate that. Uh, it's all love. Not to, I mean, everything's fine. It's going to be hotter than heck out here in uh, Seattle this week, but we'll manage. Uh, my basement is always nice and cool, and we have a big AC unit for our upstairs bedroom that helps keep things functioning uh, out there because otherwise it gets hotter than heck. So, yeah. yeah, I've got way too much money invested in air conditioners in my house. Unfortunately, we've replaced three of them, we got one for each level. And I got I want it cool, but you know, it gets so humid down here. If you don't have one, you, you end up in a swamp. So yeah, one thing you don't skip on in a house, you get a, get a good one. Nick knows what it's like to go without air conditioning. Yeah. The, it was the two years ago, we had the heat dome event out here in Seattle where it got up to 114 degrees. And I lived in a house that didn't have AC and most people in Seattle don't have AC. And that was it was unbelievable. Like the paint was like sweating off the wall. So it was, uh, never seen anything like it in my life, but, um, yeah, well, that's, I guess the reality we're in now, Michael Ronquillo saying good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos for breakfast, go Broncos and Buckham. Thank you so much, Michael. And I'm sure these are stars because Scott pulled it up. Uh, so appreciate you, Michael. Hope you're doing well. And always shout out to you for being such a giant supporter of Scott and I and mile high huddle in general. 
We really do appreciate yeah, that. Yep, absolutely. Schedule day and go Broncos. Thank you, Michael. And Michael, I wanted wanted to tell you last night. Um, you know, we sh- we show most of your your chat super you know stars or not. When it came through, it did not come through on our end, but uh, on this end. So I actually sent it out to Streamyard, and I saw it on the the Facebook side of things. Came through with five thousand stars, man. We wanted to put oh, that wow. up there, but we make sure that you know you know. Hopefully, you know that it that uh, how appreciated you are for this show. Yeah, for sure. And if you're coming through with 5,000 stars, come through on here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. No, wink, wink. Uh, but Albert Knopper saying, we don't have air conditioning at all. None working. Last Sunday was 99 plus in our place. Rough, man. That sounds horrid. I, I feel you on that one. That's a level of hell that I do not wish to partake in. Uh, but yeah, man, get some blackout curtains or put up. I saw people putting up like uh, cardboard and windows and stuff to block out the sun. Just keep it dark. I'm going on in vacation. There. I'm, yeah. I'm heading. I'm heading north for the summer with the Canadian geese. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's miserable when it gets that hot, and it should get that hot out here in the Pacific Northwest. But something about the mountains on all sides kind of create like this weird situation where heat can just like saturate and like sink, and hence the heat dome. So, well, I've been to Portland. I mean, I've been to Seattle a bunch, and you know it was never that hot. But the first time I went up to Portland, um, it was I was like, well, you know, am I going to need a jacket? You know, and I was going up in end of June, July, you know, in this in the summer in, in, in LA, you basically have to have a jacket with you year round because once the sun goes down, air comes off that 60 degree water, it's it's cool at night. Mm-hmm. It was 98. I'm like, this is the one week a year in Portland that it gets like that. And that was when they did uh, those big football camps, the opening, which was there, which was mm-hmm. which was fun. Yeah, Portland's far enough in off the uh, coast mm-hmm. that it doesn't really get as much of the the cooling. It's you know, closer to the gorge and stuff, but yeah, we'll be, I'll be heading down to Oregon here in two and a half weeks, going out to Mount Hood, doing some hiking along the gorge, and then heading a few days to uh, Cannon Beach, which is where The Goonies was filmed. So I've never been there. It's supposed to be pretty darn cool. Uh, Jeremy Sean coming in saying, Morning, boys. Martin Release was a piggy bank that just broke, but why? I am curious about this as well. I mean, we've talked about it on here a lot, that uh, Jacob Martin was somebody who was on this roster, and you could be. The Broncos traded for him. Obviously, they valued him last offseason post-Bradley Chubb trade. And the Broncos had a lot of options there, but why now? Why why make this move today or yesterday, I guess, versus, you know, lead up to it? Is it did they think they could maybe get a seventh round pick for him maybe. in the draft? I think that's the only thing I can really think that of makes, that. That makes sense. I was like, why now? That's why, Nick. You you just yeah. hit it. it was maybe they thought they could spin uh and get a draft pick back for him. And once they decided they couldn't, what he didn't last a week then. You know what? It was it been two weeks since the draft. Draft started two weeks ago yesterday, so it was basically a week. Um, you know, let's get on the phone nine, ten days and see what we can figure out. But that that makes sense because we had him pegged as a roster cut. I think there were five or six guys. There, I'm starting to flush that out of my yeah. brain now. But I was like, okay, Graham Glasgow's gone. Uh, the running back, I've already forgotten his name. Edmonds. Yep, Chase, Chase Edmonds. Edmonds. Chase Edmonds. Ronald, He's gone. Ronald Derby. Uh, um, there were there were a few of them, and we we put Jacob Martin in that group, and all the others were gone right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think you you answered your own question, you answered mine, because that was what I was going to ask. Why now? That's why they they were trying to spin a, a late round pick or an upgrade or try and do something to upgrade uh, to get a return, some sort of return on on their previous investment. And I also think it coming at the heels of the Kareem Jackson uh, contract, they probably have like a certain amount that they wanted to have uh, flexibility on. And the savings that you get from Martin is pretty darn close to what you are spending for Kareem Jackson as well. So we'll see if another move comes at the heels of it. 
Uh, but who knows? We have Gatorade Gaming. I mean, maybe they sign Cream Hunt. Maybe. Uh, it's maybe they sign Cream Jackson, like you said. <clears throat> Cream Jackson. We talk about you know cheap. He was cheap last year. Yeah. He got like a fifty percent raise. You know, he went from like two million to three million um, on his on his salary. It was two point eight or so, but that's still cheap. But my concern there is, are you getting what you're paying for? You know, on 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 Kareem Jackson, would you be better off with an Eric Harris type? Uh, at this point, I, I don't know. It just, that one didn't do it for me, but Jacob Martin, he'll land somewhere, um, mm-hmm. but just not at the, not at the rate that he was getting. That was, that was the problem for him. When you get, you know, you're a contract, you're only worth, if you're worth more than they're paying you, you're safe. If you're not, you're in trouble. That's basically yeah. what it boils down to. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, without a doubt. And the Cream Jackson stuff, just kind of wanted to dig into this a little bit. First, we'll say hello to Kevin Gray. Morning, Nick and Scott and the rest of Broncos country. So what's the haps today? Talking a little Jacob Jack, uh, Jacob Martin. Talking a little bit of uh, the schedule release, too. I've heard some rumors about the Broncos uh, in that as well that we'll talk about here soon. Uh, but talking about Cream Jackson, Broncos signed him to a really rare type of contract and this is just me being a football nerd but shout out to uh nick corty uh who works for over the cap does a lot of good work for over the cap uh, and he talked about the broncos signing cream jackson to a four-year qualifying offer uh, and he says on a twitter thread here said didn't even consider the four-year qualifying offer uh for the broncos since it's such a rare contract to be able to hand out but it's also a strong additional reason to bring cream jackson back on these grounds uh, the 2.6675 million is the absolute maximum the Broncos could have offered Cream Jackson on this offer. Might as well make this uh, thread talking why he says four year con- four year qualifying offer starts off as a veteran salary benefit contract with compensation of minimum salary of 1.165 plus a signing bonus of no more than 167,000 uh, in 2023. Uh, so pretty much the contract is uh, they could have used it on another different player, but they. It means that the uh, the qualifying against the cap is much less uh, because of that. Even though what he's getting paid, it's how the contract is set up. It's not as uh, doesn't hit the the salary cap. That sounds like some sounds like something they throw in in collective bargaining to say, "Hey, can we try and make sure that if we still want to play at thirty five, we can?" Yeah, you know the, the old the guy team. clause. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting. It's uh, Article Twenty Seven, Section Seven of the Collective Bargaining Agreement. <laughs> it's such a weird thing. It sounds like, and some comments on it says it sounds like the watered down version of NBA's bird uh, bird rights. So the Broncos only count uh, 
uh, 1.35 uh, limited Jackson on that contract that they could have given to him. So it's a weird situation where like the contract is not as the way I interpret it is not as big uh, against the cap as what he's actually getting. So uh, such a weird, <laughs> a weird thing. I've never, you never see that handed out, but uh, shout out to the Broncos. We can and, take uh, this thing way off the rails now. Yeah. Um, Jeremy <laughs> says, by the way, did anybody see the Ted Lasso scene about being a Denver Broncos fan? No spoilers here, but um, I text Nick immediately. I said, you're not going to believe this because I'm yeah. three hours sooner than him. I got, I get to watch it. I got off the show on Tuesday nights and I go watch the, the Ted Lasso episode. Um, I'm like, not no spoilers. I just said there's a Denver Broncos reference in here that you're not going to believe it may turn into a meme for eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I won't I won't spoil it for anybody. But yeah, there is a reference in there that just makes you go. Oh, no. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, what we can give away is he's from he was the coach of uh, Wichita or something, some small division two school and gets hired right to be the coach of Richmond, the English Premier League team. They might have been Division Two when he was brought on. But uh, he's from Kansas City Chiefs area, and he grew up a Chiefs fan. So definitely, you know, a anecdote that kind of – or not an anecdote, an analogy that links the Broncos to the other team, you know, different uh, than compared to his Chiefs fans and friends. Yeah. And <laughs> one, I thought he said – no, well, he was a Packers country, but you're right. It was Kansas City fans. I was – for some reason, I thought he said he was eating these cheese and all this stuff, but yeah. It was, uh, that was, uh, that was, it was a good episode though. Good episode. Yeah. It was a fun show. It's not a soccer show. It has done a lot to actually get more people watching soccer, believe it or not. Uh, the premier league and stuff. It's been good for it. I love that. They added Richmond to uh, FIFA. A lot of fun with that one. So (laughs) (laughs) we got Zach powers coming in saying morning, morning. Good to see you, Zach. Hope you're doing well. Jason O'Neill, good morning, Broncos country. Beautiful day here in northern Michigan. Hope it's beautiful where you are. It's going to be absolutely gorgeous here in Seattle today. So I know that tornadoes and stuff went over Kansas, talking about Kansas uh, yesterday. So hopefully everybody's safe out there in the Midwest. It is definitely a tornado season. So I hope they're doing well. Um, Jason also says, how much flexibility does Denver have after the release of Martin? What was it? 3.4 million more of flexibility. Maybe that could lead to a signing of a defensive lineman or another edge rusher or a running back. Maybe it's something that the Broncos just put in their back pocket. I mean, we've talked about it on here before. There was a handful of unknowns, but definitely a handful of players that could qualify uh, for edge snaps this upcoming season. And now that room is slightly less crowded and slightly less expensive. So uh, does give them a little bit more flexibility, but not so much that it's going to make a massive difference unless you are going into the red a little bit from what you gained uh, from moving on from Martin. Can you tell when I open up another tab to check references? Because uh, it stops completely. That's a, a streamer problem. I'm going to change browsers on this and see if I have any better luck. Um, yeah, the, the flexibility, there's there's about $10 million right now. And I started looking it up originally to think, well, you know, how much is there going to be? Because you still have to sign your draft class. I'm like, wait a minute. There won't be hardly any money in your draft class this year. No. Uh, that's that's pretty negligible. So that $10 million can be used for upgrades. And when you start talking $3 million, $3 million is good money uh, at a lot of positions for, you know, they, they're saying last night on um, on Mile High Insiders, well, let's take that money and well, let's just throw it to, to Dalton Reisner as a, as a backup or something like that. I'm like, guys, $3.5 million is not backup guard money. That's actually 31st in guard money. That's Smack dab in the middle median mode. So I guess that would be middle mode would be mode 
of right there in the middle of what starters get paid. That's good money. That's good money for a running back. That's really good money for um, Mike Purcell type of money to come in and bring in another veteran starter who's played a lot. So you can do a lot of things with that money. And you, you certainly didn't want it tied up in a guy who is sixth or seventh on the, on the, on the depth chart at edge. Uh, so we knew, you know, like I said, we had a pretty good feeling. We put him in the, these guys are gone list back in January. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's one of those things still though, that he's the Broncos traded okay capital last season to get him. I think they're still going to have to send the jets a fourth round pick this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. So they're a fourth or fifth. I think it's a fourth uh, for him that maybe there's an injury or something. Our team looks at their edge rushing group. and like, man, we could really use a fourth edge rusher or a third edge rusher. And you could trade Jacob Martin then. Uh, rather than just moving on from him right now. So it makes you, it makes me wonder a little bit if there is a potential move on the horizon, or at least the negotiation and possibility of a move. Uh, and this yeah, Facebook user comes in and said, does this imply they're planning to sign a free agent? They're going to bring in somebody else Lots. still. Yeah. yeah they they got to get to 90. Nick. Yeah. You know, they, they've got to get to a 90 man roster. There will be lots of additions between now and an opening of camp. So, um, you know, you can think of the 53, you're going to hear another two dozen signings over the course of time. So this doesn't imply they're planning on it. They're always planning on it. They're always planning on bringing guys in. That never stops. What it does is it means you might be able to shop in a higher tier for some of those guys that you're bringing in. And um, maybe, like I said, if you wanted to go $3 million for a center is good money for a guard is good money running back uh, a a, a tight end. You can get starting tight ends. Basically those non-premium positions Three million dollars is starter money in this league. Mm-hmm. Yep, you can. They can fill out some spots, and I think earmark maybe defensive line, running back, ones we've talked about. Uh, Mark Schrader, good morning, all good to see you, Mark. Hope you're doing well. We got Dave Glassman in the house of the Hearts. Hope you're doing well, Dave. Uh, Jeff also said, could this be a move to bring in more offensive line depth? It's a need. Also, thanks for the response the other day. You are correct. My take was misplaced. Maybe Jackson wasn't the end. Uh, I don't talking about the the title saying is this complete the the is the defense complete then um yeah. where you know like basically could we is this the starting 11 that we we could expect to see you know maybe the defense might be done mm-hmm. as far as the starters as far as roster building and and all that type of stuff it's never ever done we we know yeah. that um and you know yes you would like to bring in some other positions what would you like to do but what can you do based on the available resources you have you might not be able to do much of anything that would affect the starting 11. So appreciate you, Jeff. Yeah. Shout out to you, Jeff. Uh, also the, I agree with you about O-line depth and this move could make it so the Broncos could add another person. I keep looking at the starting lineup. I mean, we talked about it. I talked about it with Carl on Tuesday night. Maybe the Broncos bring in one of the plethora of edge rushers out there. And you have somebody like a Mark Ingram that starts opposite of Randy Gregory kicking Baron Browning down to, uh, the, uh, kicking Baron Browning down to the third edge rusher. That'd be fine with me. Maybe you're looking for somebody to come in and be another interior defensive lineman. You got Matt Ioannidis out there. You got Chris Wormley out there. You got Akeem Hicks out there. You obviously got Shelby Harris. So those are guys that you could probably pay, you know, about 3.4 and uh, bring them in. And that'd be an interesting move. And DWI guys comes in and says, Martin traded Denver for uh, from New York for a 2024 fifth round pick for a 2024, th- a 2024 fourth round pick. So it was just, and- in essence, it was just a swap. So yes. it wasn't you, 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 you downgraded a pick. So you didn't lose a, you didn't lose a fourth. You just dropped your fourth to a fifth. So not, not too bad on that deal. Yeah. And we, a lot sp- of money. You spent a lot of money on it, but that's not yeah. our money. 
And just for the sake of complete note keeping here, last I knew, we didn't know which fourth round pick would be going to the Jets because the Broncos also have the Miami Dolphins fourth 2024 fourth round pick that they acquired as also part of the uh, Bradley Chubb deal. So I don't know which fourth round pick is going to be heading to the Jets. Broncos right now have two in their pocket, but one of them is going to the Jets. Which one? Don't know. Uh, Keith Brugman coming in saying, Nick and Scott, do we get any media coverage on Broncos rookie minicamp? I think there's going to be some media availability to the coaches coming up mm-hmm. here, but as far as we're not going to be given very much. I mean, they've been running pretty tight ship out there under Sean Payton. So we'll hear whatever they want us to hear. But there is there is an open session for uh, filming and video for TVs, at least for for you might have to be a, a local broadcast. Um, so part of the practice will be open and there will be media availability this weekend. So there should be some stuff coming out. Yeah. So thank God. Uh, hopefully you hear some stuff here and we'll see what happens. We got Albert Knoppers in the house. Hello all. Another exciting day coming up with the schedule. Yep. We'll get into that. Dominique Martin, morning Broncos family. What's the move with a cap space? Shout out to Nick and Scott got 3.4 more. So, uh, that should be pretty good. We got Mark Hoyniak saying, uh, rain and hail. What's the move? What's, what's your move? move? But we've talked about that a little bit. What, what could yeah. you do? I know you've got me thinking a lot about this since our last show that, you know, a 300 pounder on the defensive line might be the best way to go right now with that money. That might be the, your biggest, your biggest need. If there's not a, a starting caliber center available yeah. where you probably could use the most depth where you could use that money. Cause you can get running backs even cheaper than that mm-hmm. is maybe I want to spend two and a half, $3 million on a 300 pounder out there. That, that makes a lot of sense. For starters. I think that's one out there and we haven't talked about it yet, but we had, uh, Oh gosh. I'm um, coming and talking here. Jeff W talking about the offensive line depth. I mean, we've talked about it on the show a lot, but not for a bit, but the offensive tackle, your swing tackle right now is who the hell knows. Um, if one of your starting tackles goes down, that's a, you know, sphincter clenching uh-oh moment uh, for everybody in Broncos country, because Isaiah Prince, I mean, is uh, Quinn Bailey. I mean, not good. So maybe even your uh, swing tackle could be a Cam Fleming. This is, uh, yes. this is Peyton and Peyton on the phone. We'd like to offer you two and a half. Would you like to come back? I've heard that he wants a little bit more than that, but uh, that's and he should, but he hasn't gotten it yet. Hasn't gotten it yet. Yep, exactly. But uh, that's definitely a big one. Once uh, Mark doesn't get true, uh, but might get might get it still. Mark Hoynak, rain and hail in Fountain, Colorado. Yeah, I saw that there's a there's a fountain. Um, I saw that there's a lot of severe weather out there in Colorado, east of the uh, Continental Divide. So you guys be safe out there, and it's a uh, pretty rough. Robbie Red saying not many homes in Washington have AC. Not many homes in Western Washington have AC, but uh, times they are changing, uh, unfortunately, in that front. Shane Hanna coming in saying good morning, Broncos country. Hope you two are good. We are doing pretty well. We're excited for it to be the weekend and uh, enjoying hanging out with everybody today. We got Jesse Hilborn in the house. Good morning. I recognize this one. Oh, Miguel I recognize Saint this Steve. one. Miguel coming in says good morning, yeah. fellas. Thank you for the stars, Miguel. Appreciate the support. Yeah, shout out to Miguel. Congrats on your jersey win. And Steve Kennedy saying good morning, gentlemen. Good to see you, Steve. Hope you're doing well. She keeps any finding support. the one that is that doesn't get watched very much. Uh, Dad, you're still on Mile High Huddle Podcast, Daily Denver Broncos coverage. You probably, if you want to be part of the conversation, you can come on YouTube or the Mile High Huddle Facebook page because you're all by yourself in there. I, I start feeling bad about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, Robbie Red comes in and says, good morning, guys. Broncos trade for Cordell Patterson. <laughs> I don't think the Falcons would be trading Cordell Patterson. I think they have uh, aspirations of 
the playoffs this season. And he's definitely a part of the package out there. He's a versatile chess piece in that era that we are entering a positionless football. They're going to have play. And Arthur Smith is one of the best at, uh, scheming guys open from the backfield, the uh, running back position, tight end position, fullback. So I don't think that the Broncos are in a position to be given away draft capital. And I don't think the Falcons are pressed at all to move on from Cordell Patterson. It would cost you at least a third rounder. At yeah, least. Not worth it. Yeah. And because that means that's, well, he's not worth that. Well, he he is to Atlanta. That That's mm-hmm. the point. He's not for sale. Um, you know, we talk about that when they actually put dollar, <clears throat> dollar values on transfers in soccer. So, oh, well, Manchester United is asking $90 million for this guy. Well, that's insane. He's not worth that. That means he's not for sale. You don't you don't want him. Um, I said Cordero Patterson would have been a great fit for this team last year as a free agent. But he actually tweeted out there, F the money. This is where I want to be after he signed his contract with Atlanta. He is loved, loved with a big capital L, loved in Atlanta. Yeah. He's been a fun player there. Uh, he's been very good on my fantasy teams. I keep getting him late. It's hard. It's, Atlanta's not an easy team to play for through the years. And if you can do it and play as hard as he has, and he's always got this gigantic megawatt smile that just lights up the dome, he's going to become a fan favorite, and he has very quickly. Yeah, good guy. Um, pull one for him. Enjoyed him at Tennessee when he was part of that three-pick draft class for the uh, the Vikings, three first-round pick draft class for that Vikings class. Jamal Killian's in the house and good morning, Broncos country on this warm morning in Georgia. How warm is it out there, Scott? What's uh, going on? You melting? You're a little north of Georgia. Uh, it's not, it's not too bad. Um, I'm, I'm in North Atlanta. Jamal, I don't, I'm not sure where Jamal was. For some reason, I thought Jamal was in Southwest Georgia, but it, it was nice warm because we've had thirties and forties a lot in the mornings and then it goes up to mid seventies, but it's, it's getting to the point now where it's like 60 in the morning. Hmm. Uh, and then moving up to 80. So there's not that huge like desert variance where it's 30 at night and 110 <laughs> during the day, which helps warm up the swimming pools around here. Hmm. So that means it's almost pool time. Well, there you go. That uh, also helps with the uh, the fishing, I bet. Shout out to Steve Kennedy in there. Mm-hmm. Water not getting this cold. Uh, Carol Allen coming in here saying good morning. Good to see you, Carol. Hope you're doing well. Uh, we also have our guy, David Hart, saying first time catching you guys live on here. Good morning, guys. Well, shout out to you, David. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully it's not the last time, and I uh, hope you're having a, a great morning. I uh, hope you're doing well. And also, it's Benjamin Flores. I don't know what's going on there, but good to see you, Ben. We obviously know you. Got our guy Peter, Peter coming in from you in Cambodia these days. Where are you at, Peter? Saying, let's go Bronco. Oh, and there is asking you'll answer. Uh, good evening from Cambodia. Hope you're doing well. Uh, we also got uh, Miguel Santa Steven coming back in saying, what primetime games do you think the Broncos are getting this season? This is a good question. Uh off the top of my head, we'll probably get one AFC West matchup. It might be a Thursday night game, like Broncos Raiders or something on a Thursday night game. Uh, but other than that, I'm not sure uh, who we might get. I, I guess I might as well share this. What I have heard, and this could end up not being true, but what I've heard is week seven uh, Broncos versus Packers. Uh, so that's one that we'll see if it comes out to be true, but that's one that there's been a leak or some people talking that I've heard Broncos Packers week seven. So uh, that'd be a great game. I mean, probably one of the tougher tickets to get uh, in Denver. Where is that game supposed to be? I think it's in Denver. Okay. That might be a fun meet and greet. It will. But the issue is those are going to be expensive tickets because yeah. there are 10,000 Packer fans. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, a lot of Midwest it, transplants. Yeah. It's uh, it, it, the Packers don't have a, they've got a big fan base for such a small media market, but you know, the longer you wait, hopefully the, 
harder tickets will be to get because the Broncos are playing well anyway. So the Broncos should be a tough ticket, period, because they are the Broncos. Yeah. It shouldn't matter who you're playing so much as what you're hoping. Yeah. But I, I get what you're saying for sure. But when you start putting in airfare and hotels, the ticket doesn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's an extra 50 bucks? Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I don't even want to say how much I spent last year for the uh, week one game, uh, Broncos versus Seahawks, but it was, you know, what was it, Sunday night week one or Monday night week one, and it was Russell Wilson's homecoming. So Thanks for the stars, Miguel. Zach has a question. What are your way too early season predictions based on our opponents? I want to do that one Monday. Mm. I want to go through and, and do that one Monday when we see how they are stacked up because, you know, the opponents are one thing, but, okay, you go back-to-back road trips to the East Coast or you've got – who, who's your who's your NFC uh, match this year? It's the Packers NFC North. Okay, well, yeah, that's we'll see. We'll we'll see. I'll be. Um, I want to do that one on Monday. Let me make sure this uh, that I'm remembering this correctly. But uh, yeah, they're playing the uh, NFC North and the AFC East. Okay. So those will be fun ones. And then they're across. You don't get the NFC AFC South. You guys go from the AFC North to the AFC. East. That's those. That's black and blue divisions up there. Yeah, but um, hopefully the Broncos got a little bit more black and blue dish out ability this offseason. Yeah, with Sean should help. Uh, should help match up the 49ers, uh Jeremy says the 49ers had a ton of fans last season for the meet and greet. Yes, they did. Uh, it was it was a fun. That was a fun game. Um, the 49ers. You know the two teams that Nick and I watch every week, the Falcons and Broncos. They both lost. They both beat the 49ers. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. And they were bad teams. And these are two teams with the top 10. So I mean, the Bears beat the 49ers. Yeah. There's a lot to be said for <laughs> rising to the occasion and knowing when you need to win. And basically the, the schedule's long enough. It's like, listen, you, you have a getaway day game in baseball with 162 games. It's like we're going to play our reserves and we're going to throw a bullpen game. It's gotten to the point where you can almost do that twice a year in the NFL. You don't, yeah. they don't do it that way, but you know, we're going to rest a couple of these guys. We got a bye week coming up. And we're going to have them two weeks off. And we're going to, we're going to play some of these young guys. Yeah, it should be, uh, should be fun. Um, gosh, I'm excited for the season already. <laughs> We've already gotten through enough of the offseason. It's like, okay, I'm ready for some real football. Michaela Israel saying, good morning. You guys rock. I keep trying to send super sticker, but uh, it's not letting me. Well, Scott and I will post our PayPals on here. That's a little, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I'm glad that it came through, Michaela. Thank you so much for the shout out. Shout out to you and uh, Cooper as well. Good morning to you. Hope you're doing well. And uh, yeah, happy glad you made it through the night. I knew you were you were battling some of that tornado weather yesterday too, if I'm not mistaken. So, Woof. good mornings. Good to see you. Yeah, I'm glad your feet are on the ground. Hope we didn't see you know little Karen Terriers flying around and uh, wicked witches on their bikes. We got Michael Slack, Michael Sack coming in saying Broncos also got the Commanders. Yeah, that 17th game. How, what did they add to that? Uh, wherever you rank in your entire conference, the team that ranked the same in the other conferences, who you're going to match up against the Broncos were what the, how many teams in each conference, uh, 16. So they were like the 14th ranked team in the AFC. They're playing the 14th ranked team in the NFC. Houston, Indianapolis, who had the number one overall bears bears. Okay. So bears one, two. So it was just those two. So yeah, it was, there were two teams ahead of you. So 14th. Yep. So that's where they end up. So they'll be playing the uh, Commanders on that one, and uh, that's going to be a home game for Denver. So Denver what gets are they one doing quarterback. They are going with Sam Howell, but they also signed uh, Jacoby Brissett. Okay. So really, they seem like they're playing a long-term game. Oh, did you hear? They might get in trouble though. Um, the Commanders, 
they tried to uh, reach out to and see the interest of Andrew Luck. Um, I, did, I did hear that. Yeah, I don't know if that would cost them a first round pick. But um, Ursay was yeah, I, I, I did hear we do. You know, Chad Chad runs a Colts site on SI, so I help him out with with some things on Colts and YouTube and stuff. So I keep up with the Colts pretty pretty well, and they're looking for any reason to they're going to niggle them to death until you sell this team and get out. We don't want you here. And unfortunately you feel bad for the Washington fans, mm-hmm. you know, in, in this billionaire boys club league where it's pay your way in and get money. There's no real incentive to win and to be successful. It actually, you know, reward you for losing. And the only ones that get punished are the fans and the Washington fans have had it bad for a long time. That, that Daniel Snyder thing's a nightmare. Luckily, it's almost over soon, and Washington's a sleeping giant as far as the the money maker uh, that they are. Pretty surprised that Jeffrey Bezos didn't step in and get that one because that DC uh, mid Atlantic market is massive um, out there yeah, for them. Is. So a lot of money <laughs> to be spent on that. Uh, per Athletic, uh, the Broncos are playing the Packers Week Seven, so I guess that it's out there. I had heard it uh, earlier as well, but uh, there there it is. So probably from a similar source on that one, uh, but. Scott, uh, we want to talk a little bit of the uh, Jacob Martin move still. Mm-hmm. Where, do, where do you see this room falling now uh, that the Broncos have moved on from Jacob Martin? In my opinion, Martin was probably your first guy off the bench uh, mm-hmm. kind of guy, especially in non-pass rush situations. But without him, I think you have a pretty strong, not strong, but I feel pretty comfortable about your front four. But after that, spot five, spot six seems pretty damn up for grabs uh, on that Broncos spot if they don't bring in anybody. As it should be. I mean, how many teams are going, oh, yeah, we feel really good about our fifth and sixth edge rushers. You know, um, you want to feel good about one and two and maybe three. That's the problem right now with the Broncos is how good do you feel? It's like, okay, I'd feel good if one and two were my three and four. Um, And I could count on them because you can't necessarily count on them with health reasons. But you got to figure, you know, Randy Gregory, Baron Browning are, are one and two for me. And then, uh, you know, Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito, what should he should be, he should find himself in the rotation a little bit more often now. Um, he's going to have to do the dirty work or he's, he's not going to, he's not going to play. It, it cost him last year. It wasn't he a healthy scratch several times last year. So he's going to have to get, he's going to have to do the dirty work to get in there. And, and to his credit, I think he knows that he's out there. He's out there putting in the, in the work and the time. And that'll be one of the interesting things of camp to see if he's put on some weight and how he's still moving. You know, I say you don't get a lot of out of OTAs, but that's one thing I'll be looking for is, is he put on some weight and does he still look fluid? Does he still look quick? Is the burst still there? But it's, it's, it's Baron Browning and, and Nick Benito time for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I agree with you on that one. Baron Brown and Nick Benito have to step up. Uh, Brown only two years of control left. Benito was healthy scratch a lot of times last season. I'm, I am curious, though, how the uh, fifth edge rusher spot will play out. Uh, just the guys that are obviously in that spot right now. You have, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Christopher Allen, who we've been waiting on for a year now, and he's been injured a heck of a lot, but he's a talented player oh, when he's out there rocking that number four at Alabama. He was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, so hopefully he can be healthy and uh, stand out uh, this season. Aaron Patrick, I mean, he was getting snaps before Nick Benito at times last season. They really like his special teams ability, and he's a really good athlete uh, out there. They love him because of the athleticism translates pretty easily to uh, special teams, but it also can translate pretty well to edge. So there was some talk last season of really liking Aaron Patrick. If he is that much of a special teams contributor, I would not overlook him. And then our favorite 
undrafted free agent uh, this last cycle was Thomas Incum, mm-hmm. uh, who we could see as well. So that fifth edge rusher spot, I know it's we're get, get definitely in the weeds here because that's like mm-hmm. super nerdy to be like going on a tangent about the fifth edge spot. Uh, but uh, I think that's going to be a fun battle uh, to watch this offseason, assuming the Broncos don't bring in another edge rusher and kick everybody back and uh, kind of make, you know, Cooper slash Benito, that fifth guy with somebody more substantial coming in. Yeah. And at this point, who would you bring in? You know, it, Yannick Ngakwe would cost you eight figures. He, he's probably going to be a $10 million guy. Um, he's holding out for that right now. He was above that. And I think, I think he's probably worth that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can go still Frank Clark, Leonard Floyd, or some guys that are still out there, but I don't, I don't know if, if that's the right fit for the Denver Broncos right now, where you've got some youth, you've got, it's, it's so, it's so about health with this team at edge, mm-hmm. you know, everything we talk about, is like, you've got Randy Gregory, but you know, it, we almost treat Randy Gregory right now. Like we're treating Javante Williams. Like anything you get out of Randy Gregory is just a bonus because you can't count on him to be out there. Now, the good news is, and I saw a question last night. I don't remember who it was and I, I, I didn't answer it. So I wasn't on, but you know, is his contract up after this year? Randy Gregory's no, it's not up, but it's, you can move on from it after year two uh, without too big of a dead cap penalty. So this will be it. If he's if he's not out there for fifteen games, you know, ten sacks, fifteen games, which would be career highs for him, he's he's done. He's done in Denver. So it's it's time, and he's he, we'll see how bad he wants it. We'll see if he can stay healthy. But that's that's the big the big question for me isn't you know who's down the line. It's it's got to be the ceiling of this team. You know, you can get adequate from some of the guys on the team, but the ceiling is Baron Browning and Randy Gregory healthy is good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. That's a big question. I mean, Randy Gregory's highlights uh, and flashes are as good as almost anybody. I mean, just the athleticism, the size that he plays with, the the bend at that size. It's he's got a rare skill set. I mean, he looks like a top. He looks like a lottery pick uh, at edge, but because of issues. Uh, off the field, you know, marijuana and stuff before when they were NFL was really cracking down on that and injuries. Uh, his career just has not really lived up to the ability, which is unfortunate, but he will be a big one to follow this season. You mentioned Yannick Ngakwe, two names that I think there's some, I'll have to do some research, but I did read that there's some connection to this coaching staff uh, with prior, you know, these guys prior working with some of these coaches was uh, Frank Clark was one of them. He's still out there. He's somebody that uh, he has some connection to somebody on the Broncos staff. And then also we mentioned him earlier, but I think Melvin Ingram also has a connection out there to somebody. So Melvin Ingram's a good pro, really good against a run. Uh, mm-hmm. That would be a, a, a smart one-year, $5 million deal if he would be willing to take it. Um, take some pressure off some of the younger guys mm-hmm. and kind of help teach them. We, we talk about Kareem Jackson and you know learn how to be a pro. Who's, who's Nick Benito learning from right now? I mean, the coaches, yeah, that's one thing. But how do you, you know, how do you take care of your body? How do you prepare? How do you, how do you spend your downtime? Those are the kind of things when we talk about leadership and experience, that's the kind of stuff that matters. You know, how are you preparing for games? Not what you're doing on the field. That's what coaches are for. Your teammates are, is, is how you learn how to become a professional football player. Who's doing that for the young guys right now? Randy Gregory, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't consider him the world's best mentor. I want him to take care of himself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, Baron Browning, hell, he's only been at the position for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so those other guys, you know, maybe that was why Jacob Martin hung around a little bit longer for all I know. Mm-hmm. But Melvin Ingram would be a good, 
a good person to bring in in that type of role. Yeah. There's a couple of names. I don't know. If, I mean, obviously, Frank Clark fell in the draft because of issues um, with, uh, I think it was some sort of domestic violence issue at Michigan. But, and there's been issues with him in the NFL too. But he's one that's maybe not the leader, but a vet player that you're looking for, like might be able to fill, fill a uh, rotational basis and be out there. Zach Powers comes in a more NFL question at large, says, uh, What team will end up with Caleb Williams next season? He lifts the buck, lists the Buccaneers, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Raiders. I think the Cardinals would have to be the odds on favorite because their roster is atrocious and uh, they're going to be without Kyler Murray next season. I just, that seems like a absolutely terrible team on paper. I think they have the lowest uh, Vegas win total of any team. Uh, so I think that's a good call here. The Buccaneers are a good call as well. Be curious to see what happens with teams that just uh, took quarterbacks this last season, but maybe they uh, end up falling apart. Some uh, specifically the Houston Texans. What does that mean? If they're terrible, if CJ Stroud isn't the guy, does he get, Josh Rosen, or do they trade that pick for a lot of spots? I mean, Houston's, I think, got a win total of 5.5 as well. They could be up there. And uh, the other dark horse team that I would list in this grouping is the uh, Tennessee Titans. I think Vrabel is such a good coach that they're going to ma- maximize the defense still. But I think uh, Vegas has the Titans at like six and a half under or over under for their win total, which is one of the lower ones out there. So uh, my bets, my bet would be the Cardinals. Other point I was going to make is, we keep talking about Caleb Williams and that's rightfully so, but Drake may, I think needs to be in the same breath uh, for now. Uh, he might end up being, you know, further down, but there's enough people that I respect that uh, cover the league and watch the league that say like Drake may is right there with him. That uh, I think that the, we need to at least uh, toss his name in at this point in the evaluation process. Yeah. I've, I haven't watched Drake as much as I have Caleb and I'm only watched a little bit of Caleb and I was like, Oh my God. You know, yeah. is he always this good or, you know, is this just a really good player having a really good day? And, and you know, some of the responses I got were both, um, you know, he's really this good. And, you know, so him being talked about number one doesn't surprise me a bit. Um, where does he go? We'll see. Let's let's revisit in week six and we can see who's already packing up shop. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, then you come down and the Texans win the last game against the Colts and it gets the Colts like up four spots and drops the number one pick away from from uh, from the Texans. So we will see. Um, let me see. This was I thought this was a good question from Keith, who is very good at asking good questions. So thank you, Keith. Did Hackett's training camp hinder last year's draft class? Um, possibly. Well, yeah, I was thinking possibly. And then I was thinking, OK, of the players that overperformed what you might have expected going into the season, who would that be? Damari Mathis is like Damari Mathis. Okay. Damari Mathis. In a non-contact 7v7 environment, what can I simulate the best? What position has the best translation to actual football? Yeah. Wide receivers and corners. Yeah. The trenches, running backs, linebackers, punt returners, you got to see it live. Mm-hmm. You, you've you've got to be hit. If you're not hitting and being hit, then you're you're regressing. So, Keith, if the answer to this is yes, I think the answer is yes. <laughs> and the one player that we saw who probably outperformed expectations was a defensive back that can still get good reps in a 7v7 low contact environment i just have a hard time i guess it's possible but with the broncos like 
defensive line positions that they took. Uh, typically those are spots if they're not lottery picks in like the top 10, 15, mm -hmm. they're going to take time anyway. I don't care who the coach is unless you hit extraordinary luck. Uh, so it's pretty hard for me to say. I would say that overall, like the tackling and the tackling issues, run fit issues, the physicality on the offensive side of the ball, those are issues, but impacting the small rookie class that was without top draft capital too early for me to say. Um, and also just where they were selected, it was going to be probably likely they were going to have some slow development anyway. Right. But did it come, become slower? Not that the expectations were all that high coming in because Cristiano comes in. <clears throat> he says, does that mean Benito can still take off? Please. Benito wasn't taken for last year. You know, he was a, a, a traits guy who needed some work. Oh, like, yeah. okay, in year three, we can turn this guy into a real pro. I was wrong. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Houston traded. This is a reason I criticized that as well. Houston traded the pick for Will Anderson. So if they suck next season, we could see this case where I the car traded one of the Browns picks, though, or they got an extra pick like they didn't actually give oh, yeah. up much because they came I think out they did of that spot. I think you're right. They traded. So the, I, think I think they, they still the have selection. their number one pick. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> We're going to have to look that up. Uh, Let me look after up the Tankathon thing. real quick. But it's like the reason they could do that was because they had already made some really good moves. Mm -hmm. But Tankathon says Arizona right now picks one and two. So it must have been the Houston pick. And it says they've got um, they've got Cleveland's first pick next year, which is 17. Okay, well, there it is. Yeah, that's uh, – well, Anderson better be a Hall of well, Fame player. That said, Houston's pick could be better. You know, that it doesn't have to be number two next year. No. You know, it could be, in the, it, and it, it should be in the teens, maybe. Yeah. Yep. And talking about quarterbacks for uh, 2024 draft class, Jackson Dart, maybe? No. Good name, I, though. It's a good name, but I if you can cut this up if I'm really wrong on that, but I don't think he is close to the same breath there. Uh, the other guys that stand out for me, if we're talking quarterbacks, I don't think it's going to be as good at the top next season, like as far as, was it four or five guys getting drafted? Uh, in like the first three rounds, but other names right now to keep an eye on for quarterback would be uh, Michael Penix at Washington. Uh, I know Scott will roll his eyes at this, but somebody with tools that looked like it clicked last season was uh, Bo Nix. Um, I think probably a day two quarterback, but <clears throat> somebody that well, you want. We, to keep we talk biases all the time. Um, yep. I, I went to Auburn. I watched Bo Nix at Auburn. I watched Bo Nix come back to the South to play Georgia. And I've yet to see anything that makes me think, in those circumstances that this guy can play in the NFL. Now I didn't watch a single Oregon game that wasn't against Georgia. Yeah. Well, he's one that I think there's enough there um, as far as the athleticism frame and tools that it's like, okay, I'm intrigued, um, but I didn't watch him much at Auburn. So uh, I don't have that bias. It was, it was poor. Yeah, it was, it was poor. And he came in as a legacy and a big recruit and Malik Willis saw the writing on the wall and he took off and they would have been much better off if Malik Willis had played uh, earlier you know, and let Bo Nix sit a little bit longer. Yep. Uh, other two really young. So Michael Penix and Bo Nix are a little bit older at the quarterback position. So they've had a chance to mature a little bit. Two younger guys that might be able to take off. Uh, Quinn Ewers, who was a super recruit, uh, went to Ohio State, then got a big deal and is at Texas now. He's got Arch Manning behind him, but Arch Manning's going to have to wait a season because Ewers is somebody that some NFL teams like. And then one of the younger prospects last season, he's, he was erratic last year, but if we're base, if we're evaluating based on traits, he's got, I think, great arm elasticity. He's just a twitched up player. 
and that is uh, J.J. McCarthy at uh, Michigan as well. So struggled in that TCU game, but again, based on the traits, uh, I see the ability there. So, you know, we got Zach Power saying Quinn Ewers over J.J. McCarthy. Those are the two names that stand out for me. J.R. Capron comes in and says uh, Dylan Gabriel at OU. I was not super impressed with Dylan Gabriel's tools uh, out there. I think, you know, that air raid kind of spread him out system. He did okay, but it's kind of like when you're watching, like, what are the stats here? Oh, my gosh, look at Sam Hartman at Wake Forest. He's breaking all these passing records, and then you watch him play, and it's like, that's not an NFL arm. Uh, that's just as <laughs> that's why you yeah, want to watch I the, the quarterbacks yeah. like that. The, the, the one we've talked about this before, but in any sport, the one that stats matter the least in evaluating is football. It's yeah. uh, it's the most team oriented game and system and all that type of stuff that it, it completely you're dependent on all those things. And all of those things can help skew your numbers. It's mm-hmm. I take that guy and drop him into my system where you've got to be able to hit that opposite hash throw on a line. You can't. Okay, we're done. Um, so, yeah, the stats don't matter, despite my history of emails from dads with quarterbacks saying, well, his stat, I don't care about stats. Don't care. Um, yeah. We're getting close to wrapping this up here, and I was just thinking, if you're a big fan of Chad Kelly, you might love Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler's out there. Yeah, he's one uh, that is uh, interesting. We'll use the word interesting to be nice. I know that uh, uh, interesting as well. You have a uh, man. We're talking 2024 draft. Who thought it would be this early? Um, but uh, before Hennon Hooker took over at Tennessee, they actually decided to go with Joe Milton uh, first, who was the quarterback there. And he's got crazy arm talent. Uh, like it pops. He's a former Michigan quarterback to transfer to Tennessee, but he's going to be the starter this upcoming season for Michigan. And he's got some eye popping, uh, the ability to sling that football. Doesn't mean he's going to be a great quarterback, but, uh, one that one as well that you'd like, I think you'd like to keep an eye on. And wow, just as we're about to close out here, we get the, uh, we should have started the show by saying we're about to leave. Jeez. (laughs) Uh, Ethan coming in saying, speaking of cap savings, I have seen a lot of talk about adding cream hunt. Spot rack has his value at two year, 14 million salary, seven rank three Oh one running back out of 10. If Broncos interested, they would better off a one year prove a deal. The fact that he's still out there, nobody's get they spot rack. What did they have for Dalton Reisner's contract? You like to mention that a lot. Yeah. 9 million. Nine. He, he'd be lucky to get three at this point. So spot rack is uh, off on that. Whatever calculation that they use to try to predict the contract value was incorrect uh, for these two players. I'd be shocked if Kareem Jackson got anything more than, like a two-year, seven million dollar contract. I think Kareem that's Hunt, and, and 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 what Nick's Kareem saying Hunt, is yeah. right, where you you make it two years so you can spread out the signing bonus, the guaranteed money. But it would be the second year he's got a dead cap of one million. So two years, eight million dollars with seven guaranteed, and it's a one-year, seven million dollar deal. And we're going to take a one million dollar dead cap hit next year when we cut him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think that's what you're going to see happening, regardless. And I still wouldn't drop seven million on on Kareem Hunt right now. That's that's too much. That's too much for me. But we're certainly appreciating of your support. Um, we'll see. We'll we'll see what he ends up getting. Are you desperate enough that you want to spend? I know you can massage cap numbers and stuff, but you've got ten left. Let's say even if you work it to fifteen, you want to spend half of your remaining cap space on Kareem Hunt. I don't think so. Maybe. I don't think so, though. Um, Deanna Hendry coming in, too. Coming in, bang, bang. Double shots here. Uh, says, morning, Scott and Nick. 
Good morning, Broncos family. We are an, Albar an Auburn family too. Scott, have a great day, everyone. Well, good to hear. And, and that's what it is. It actually, they refer to themselves and we refer to ourselves as the Auburn family. Because um, it is, it is, it's a little different down there. I think the closest, if, if any of y'all have been around Aggies, Texas A&M is pretty close and kind of that cult, you're a family group of a couple hundred thousand people. But yeah, did not know that, Deanna. And um, I don't talk about it too much because I, I grew up in Atlanta. I didn't grow up in Alabama where Auburn or Alabama is like part of who you are. I went to Auburn. That's not who I am, though. <laughs> no, you're so, Chelsea. Through and through. Thank you. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I, uh, we appreciate you coming in. I know it's early for you. So thanks for, for the support as well. And Zach says, Cream, Cream Hunts a one or two million guys on, only these days. I think his vet minimum would be more than that just based on like what they can actually pay him. I don't know what it is, but he's been in the league since uh, 2014, uh, 2015, 16. No, he's not. I don't I think I looked it up and he was like, um, fortunately I'm going to freeze. I thought he had seven years under his belt. Well, either way, the vet minimum for him would be more than 1 million. Um, so that's uh I think it would have to be more than that. He came in in the same draft class as Jamal Williams. I really loved him coming out of Toledo. Uh, Drafted in the Chiefs in the third round. I think he'd have been like 2016. He was the 2017 draft. So, yeah, he's got six years under his belt. He's got um, – I, I looked it up for a show the other day, and he's like his 895 carries put him like seventh in that class, seventh or eighth in that class. And the highest one was um, – I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But the highest one was 1,300, 1,350 carries. So, less tread on the tires with Kareem Hunt for sure. Now, to be fair – we talk about this a lot in order. A lot of guys don't get that many carries because they're not good enough to get that many carries. They, they never earn them. Kareem Hunt is one of those exceptions. Um, I like to take a look at, you could be behind a really good running back. Samaje Pirine has less, less on there, but the, the number one I always think of was Michael Turner. When he was deputizing uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, Michael Turner was fantastic. Yeah. He just happened to get caught behind an all-timer. Ladanian Tomlinson is one of the best to ever play this game. And when Michael Turner got his chance to be the guy, he was an all pro. Yeah. Speaking of all pros, Michael Ronquillo coming in. Great show today, Nick and Scott and Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham. Go Broncos and Buckham to you all. I think Scott and I got to get on out of here. We said we'd do 40, 45 minutes and here we are at 51. And uh, while I'm reading this, if there's any supers that come in, we'll definitely get to those. But unless not, we got to get going. Uh, make sure you guys are following Scott and I. Uh, Scott is at Scout Kennedy on Twitter. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at BT, no BFB underscore pod. Uh, see, Chad got rid of it on the side now. So I, and I have to, I keep mixing up building the Broncos Broncos for breakfast. So we are uh, BFB underscore pod on Twitter as well. Make well sure we can make a new one. No, it's too hard. It's too much work that early in the morning. <laughs> I haven't had enough coffee. Uh, also follow us at, at mile high huddle. Uh, that'd be a big shout out for us, obviously articles and content coming out there and schedule release stuff. So make sure you're following us there. If you're on Facebook, join us on facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. I always say this, uh, but appreciate everyone who's come in and started to do this some more, but if you haven't done so yet, go to Apple podcast and Spotify, find mile high huddle, find huddle up podcast with us and scroll down, leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, that helps us a heck of a lot. We obviously do appreciate if you can come in and join us live and join the conversation because that's a lot more fun all the way around, but some people can't. Some people are listening on their dog walks or commuting to work or during their break at work, whatever it is. But if you're doing that, uh, make sure you find us after the fact and leave us a five-star rating and review. Tell us what we can improve upon. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. I mean, 
either way, we're looking to get better. Uh, so we appreciate that when you guys do that. And as the ticker says here underneath, if you're on YouTube, please subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. Click that bell so that way you know when we go live. And I think that's going to have to do it for us today. I don't really have anything else to, to get into. Obviously, it's schedule release day. Um, we're going to be finding out who the Broncos are going to be playing. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's uh, let's see how it plays out. Yeah, that's the, the big news today. And then on Monday, I think we'll probably get into, you know, go through it and maybe do a, a way too early win-loss. I think I was at 11-5 and five last year, or 11-6 and six last year. So, oops. Um, yeah. So, hopefully, I, I might err on the side of caution uh this year and jeremy thank you i did see you come in and 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 say on the falcons podcast do a five star on on itunes so thank you very much my friend uh and speaking of other thanks i want to thank you to miguel uh and michael and keith over on facebook and then this morning deanna dwi guys uh michaela israel and robbie red coming in with uh with super chats on on youtube so thank you for helping to kick our weekend off great yeah, you guys are great. Appreciate you so much. Everyone have a safe weekend. Uh, make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.